If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1-800-938-007. Now, Donald Trump's announcement uh, of his uh, running again for the White House comes when he is probably in a weaker position than at any time since the immediate aftermath of the attack by his supporters on the US Capitol on January 6th. Um, Polls suggest that Trump is still the most popular figure in his Republican Party, but in the days following the midterm elections, uh, several leading Republicans have contended that it was time for the party to move on from the former president. To talk to me about this, delighted to be joined now by lecturer, political scientist and author, uh, Anthony O'Halloran. Good morning to you, Anthony. Uh, a very good morning to you, friend. And, and I believe there's all sorts of breaking stories happening. You're, you're having a very busy morning. A very busy morning, indeed. Poor old Jackie Cahill won't be able to go to Russia for Christmas. Well, so I'm, I'm just hoping now that you're going to send on, on, on my radio interviews to the Kremlin. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, I'm, I'm hoping you and Emma and Addison will do that especially for me. I, I, th- I, I think it's, it's a very sought-after list uh, as well, far as I, I can, can tell see. you, yeah, yeah, you, you, you're my full permission now publicly <laughs> on radio to do so, sir. <laughs> I'll, I'll go along with that. Anthony, oh. what, what, do you, what do you make of it? Of course, he still has to be nominated, but what yeah, do you think uh, of, yeah, of yeah. Trump's uh, announcement? Look, um, I, I have to say I, I disagree fundamentally with most of the public discourse around that this is the end of Trump. Mm. It is not. And yes, I, I think he, he he has at least a 50-50 chance of winning the primaries. But, as you know, friend, I like stats, so I went back to the stats for the last presidential election, and there are five revealing stats. And you and I went through these before. Mm. This is what matters. Um, in, in Georgia... Uh, uh, Biden just won by by 0.3%, 0.4% in Arizona, 0.2% in Pennsylvania, 0.6% in Wisconsin. So, friend, for four of the five swing states, I mean, this is incredible now. If you just pause and think about how many votes are cast in the United mm. States, mm. Uh, the range is from 0.2 to 0.6 of 1%. So tiny percentage. Yeah, it's, yeah. So I mean, you've got to factor that in, and you've got to factor the electoral college model in, which we have discussed at length mm-hmm. uh, previously, mm-hmm. uh, which means that he doesn't have to win the popular vote. So I would, I would caution people, notwithstanding the very, very good outcome for Democrats, notwithstanding that the news networks now seem to be casting him aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, notwithstanding a, a very, very strong public commentary that he's finished, I strongly believe Donald Trump still retains the capacity to mobilize uh, what is called the base. So I would say he's down, he's not out. The midterms were a severe blow. Mm. The midterms were not a fatal blow. So I, I think, this, in, in, in summary, the case for his, um, I suppose, uh, political debt, as it were, has been way overstated in the days um, after the midterms. And uh, you mentioned there about the the midterms. I mean, those he endorsed in the midterms didn't do so well. Was no, that no, not an yeah, indication uh, of... Yeah, yeah. Look, just, I mean, I have notes here, friend. Uh, you can go pro and con. That's a really good point. The other thing, which is a really good point in terms of the health of American democracy, um, people were... Uh, uh, mixing their votes for different parties on the same ballot. So by, what do I mean by that? It would be like an Irish person, friend, voting for Fianna Fáil for a Dáil deputy and voting for Fine Gael for a local county councillor or MEP. 
Now, that's a good sign because that means then that people are being nuanced and that we're reflecting deeply um, upon the vote. Yes, so, I mean, you, you can put a whole host of cases, and I've, I've been reading a lot of op-eds over the past number of days, and those cases, um, and the commentary, yes, you can say it's persuasive, persuasive, you can mm. argue that, mm. uh, but his demise, I, I can honestly say that his demise is significantly overstated from my point of view, and I will keep going back to the nature of the electoral college system and saying to our listeners this morning, just think about it, 0.2 to 0.6 of 1% spread. But there's a, like, those are extraordinary stats. Of course. Uh, the the only difference now, I suppose, is well, there's several differences, but all of the legal stuff that's hanging over him as well, will that not play a part in this? Yeah, there's, there's five. I, uh, uh, there's five. I, I've, I've sourced five this morning. Mm. Uh, there's, there's, I, I made a note of three of them. There's the Georgia election um, inquiry. Uh, there's the classified documents inquiry and there's the January 6th inquiry. I'm no expert on the legal nuances of these cases, but I have read that his legal jeopardy is more severe in terms in terms of the Georgia election inquiry, which was his, his attempt over apparent attempt to overturn the Georgia vote. So he's in legal jeopardy in about five cases at the moment, and you're quite right. Uh, but he seems to have had a capacity all his life uh, to, have, to be able to circumvent, yeah. to be able to draw, yeah. to be able to draw out, he will of course use those cases uh, to paint himself as a victim of the system that the Democrats, um, uh, that the federal government are coming after Donald Trump. I am a candidate for the presidency. They can't get me through the ballot box. They will try and they will try to get me through the courts in an illegitimate way. So every every week. Uh, point, friend, that you and I will rightly discuss around Trump. Trump, as you know, you followed it very closely too, uh, will flip it the other way. And I would say the other thing, uh, for Mm. Ron DeSantis, Mm. um, for any candidate going into the boxing ring uh, with Trump, you have to remember, and it's a big decision for some to do it, even in terms of one's, their family life, uh, Donald Trump has no boundaries. No, and he says he has stuff over DeSantis, didn't he? He has. Yes, and he will use it. And, and you yeah. know, I, I read a piece from the Atlantic now, an email from the Atlantic there a week or two ago, and an excellent point made by the contributor. He said Jeb Bush, like a, a, a moderate Republican, uh, Trump apparently insulted uh, Jeb Bush's wife, and Bush, uh, he, of course, he was upset about it. And the normal thing you do in those circumstances is you act, you ask the other person to apologise mm. and to withdraw. I mean, yes. you, you just don't do that. You don't insult the, the, the spouse of a candidate's friend. So what, what did and, and the Atlantis, uh, did, rather the Atlantic uh, commentary said, uh, what, what did Trump do in those circumstances? He stood there and smiled, not an apology. So the rules of the political game, when you get into the game with Trump, are entirely different. Well, uh, DeSantis is an interesting one because he's Trumpian in terms of his policies and the like, is he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, he's, 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 he's a, I, I think he's, um, he's, he's very adversarial. Yeah. He has been described as um, a culture uh, warrior. Uh, but I, I think what people are pointing out to is the extent of his recent victory. And he seems to be enjoy, certainly enjoying some traction amongst the Republican commentariat and probably from liberals mm. who want something approaching to 
a normal Republican in the field. Yes, but I mean, he 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 would be a culture warrior. Like, uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the one thing we've learned over the past few years, Fran, is Trump turns conventional wisdom upside down and inside out. Uh, it doesn't particularly matter what the op-eds are saying across the country. It's whether when he goes into Michigan, when he goes into Illinois, uh, whether he'll fill the stadiums with tens of thousands of people. Yeah, it's interesting. It, what is the, the legalese around, I mean, if he is nominated, uh, he, he's, um, he's legal stuff, will that be cast aside at that point? No, no, well, I mean, from what I understand, I, I mean, I've, uh, my understanding is that he, he has no, he is no formal installation uh, just because he's a candidate. Now, having said that, um, I suppose there's always this distinction between the euro and de facto. I'm sure that the nearer it gets to the election, and if you were in the lead, and if you were highly competitive, you didn't have a de facto political situation um, whereby prosecutors might have to make a decision at that particular time. So you have a kind of a, you have a curious situation. You have, I suppose, what's called the kind of the official legal environment, but then you've got. Uh, you know, how, how does a, a prosecutor behave in a prudent way uh, given the politically toxic nature of the United States? So my understanding, Fran, is that he doesn't have any formal insulation. Uh, that is not to say that he would not be able to drag on some de facto insulation, particularly if he got to the primaries and particularly if he were very, very strong post-primaries. If he were to go the whole way and become the next president of the United States, I'm wondering how would he deal differently, or would he deal differently, with Russia and Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny, you know, uh, is in the world a funny place? I, I was asked this question precisely in my sitting room last Sunday week, Fran, okay? <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I'm actually a friend, a friend, a good, a good, a good, um, um, a, 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 a good, a good friend of mine, um, from California asked me that very question, and I, I, I think there's there's two 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 ways one way of looking at it. Um, I, I, he wouldn't have been as engaged as Biden is, and he certainly um, would not have been as measured as Biden is. I mean, I have memories from a few years ago of what many of my friends in the states consider to be an appalling press conference. I think the location was in Helsinki and Putin, and the, the extent to which he was sycophantic. Uh, towards Vladimir Putin um, at that particular um, mm. at that particular press mm. conference. So I, I would say Biden, to me, thankfully this week, by the way, friend, in light of the Polish incident, Biden to me has been measured. He's been calm. Mm. And mm. He's been trying to manage the politics domestically, and he's been trying to respond to the to the Ukrainian government. Yes. But of course, he's not given the Ukrainian government everything everything they want when when they ask. So I, I I think it would be a very very different approach, you know. Wouldn't it? And of course, Trump's issues with NATO, for example, as well would would make it all the more interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, but Trump's yeah, but yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, I mean, I'd love to send them over to a country like Estonia at the moment, a population yeah. of six hundred thousand people, and um, ask them their views about NATO. And uh, I mean, it's very very easy for any Irish person, I would hope understand why tiny countries like the Baltic states uh, are on the side of NATO uh, because of their historical uh, uh, experiences. And will you give me two seconds to say one thing which I forgot to say at the beginning? Yes. Do you mind? Of course. I know we're we're always under pressure for news. No, you're you're welcome, Anthony. What what do you want to say? Because you asked me uh, there a good few interviews ago about 
the, the one and only previous president who was elected on a non-consecutive basis. In other words, uh, uh, he, he, he um, was elected the first term, uh, lost the second term, and then won another term. Yes. And as I said, there's only been one president ever who has done that. And just to say for the benefit of your, of your listeners, he was the 22nd and 24th president of the United States, Fran. His name was, uh, was, Grover, was Grover Cleveland. Um, and his terms of office were 1885, Fran, to 1889. He lost and he went away. And he came back for 93 and 97. And he was the only president to be married in the White House. And he married a lady aged 21, called Francis Fulsom. My God, is that incredible, yes. But there's only been one. So right. in, in all of the United States history, I suppose, to, to, in, in terms of the, the bigger picture, there's only been one president ever in the United States history that has won non-consecutive terms. Right. And that's why, that's why Cleveland is both the 22nd president and the 24th uh, president of the United States. So, that's, so just to put that on record, that is the gentleman who is the one and only uh, non-consecutive Isn't president. Isn't that very interesting indeed? But the main thing to take from today is don't write off Donald Trump. Perhaps. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, as I said, pro- I, he would at least have a 50-50 chance in the primaries. Um, and to see what will happen, I think, once he gets into the race, if he is still capable of general dynamic, of, uh, of generating a dynamic, mm. uh, the reality then is... Uh, the networks might start changing their minds again. My understanding is that the New York Post, for example, has gone totally upside towards Trump at the moment. Yes, e- even uh, Fox are getting yeah, And even yeah. Fox, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm reading. Yeah. I, I would, however, say if he generates that uh, mass mobilization at grassroots level, uh, for example, across the Midwestern states, uh, they're going to have a rethink. Uh, why are they going to have a rethink? Uh, because they will, they will they will be looking at their listeners, viewers, and readers in the stadiums. Now, no guarantee that he can replicate. Um, he's older. Uh, reports from Mar-a-Lago are saying that he's not planning much. Uh, that he's very standoffish. Uh, that people are finding finding it difficult to get him, uh, I suppose, to focus, which is nothing new. Mm-hmm. So, there, uh, do you know, friend? I mean, I, I would say to your listeners, like I fully, fully, fully um, accept. Um, fully, fully accept that there are pros um, and, and cons on both sides. But I will say my, I suppose my uh, ultimate position is, yes, he's down. Uh, yes, yes, he's uh, not out. A severe blow, but no one will convince me that the midterms are a fatal blow to Donald Trump. All right. Anthony, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, Anthony. Thank and, you. And um, a, a very good morning. And um, get that letter on to Moscow for me. <laughs> It's on the way. It's on the way. I have the stamp ready. That is uh, Dr. Anthony O'Halloran there, lecturer, political scientist, and of course, uh, uh, an author as well. News is on the way. Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.